This is true news, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help us God. I'm Rick Wiles. Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot issued a chilling call to arms to political leftists in America to react to an anticipated U.S. Supreme Court decision to rescind the infamous Roe v. Wade court decision that legalized baby killing in America. The radical Chicago leftist mayor fears that the court may also rescind its decision to legalize same-sex marriages. The lesbian mayor tweeted to my friends in the LGBTQ community, the Supreme Court is coming for us next. This moment has to be a call to arms. Doc Burkhart and I have some things to say about the increasing violence of America's radical left. And Doc, we can personally talk about it because uh, folks, uh, let me just tell you how my day started. Uh, in, um, we got about halfway through our morning Bible study and we had to stop it because the police had arrived here. And why were the police here at our church? because there has been a spike of death threats against me. And um, that's how I had to start my morning. Yes. Okay? Uh, talking to two police officers about uh, phone calls, emails, uh, text messages, uh, not text, uh, but um, chat messages um, of people saying specifically they were coming today. Right. Okay? Uh, to kill me, and, and this time they've named Doc. They're going to kill you too, Doc. Right. So now I'm in the yeah, target. Yeah. So. so you're you're in the kill zone too. So it wasn't just one; it was multiple death threats. Um, the left, the political left in this country, is going totally psycho, and they're not mentally stable, and it's uh, dangerous. Okay, you, we're seeing increasing calls of violence. We're seeing intimidation against U.S. Supreme Court justices going to their homes to intimidate them, uh, firebombs against uh, pro-life uh, uh, nonprofit organizations, uh, uh, the mayor of, of uh, Chicago issuing a call to arms. Now, if, if, a, if a conservative person issued a call to arms, the, especially if they did it on Twitter. Yes. Their Twitter account would be suspended immediately, perhaps lifetime ban on, on social media. Um, but there's nobody banning the left. Uh, instead, the tech companies are fanning the left. The big difference. They're fanning the left. Right. They're giving them the platform to call for violence against conservatives. Uh, we've seen the attacks in churches where uh, mentally uh, unstable leftists have entered into churches during church services and defiled the churches and uh, created a scene and confronted uh, church members and uh, disrupted church services having no respect whatsoever for the house of God because they don't have any respect for God. They're God-haters. Um, it, this is a very, a very dangerous time to be in right now. At the same time that we're facing nuclear war with Russia. Right. And I have to always go back to Romanian pastor Dimitri Dudeman, who in the 1990s traveled America, couldn't speak English, but told Americans the visions that God had given him and the prophetic warnings that he was instructed to give the American people. In one of those visions, he saw civil unrest, an uprising from the heartland of America caused by the communists. And shortly after that, a nuclear strike on America. I'm always thinking about that. And we're witnessing this, this uh, communistic uh, insurrection. In the, you know, they like to talk about insurrection, but the right. left are the insurrectionists. They're the true ones. So. Right, and they're revolutionaries. 
Um, but they're never called out for their never. threats of never. violence or their even their acts of violence, right. unless it happens at a certain time of day, yes. I guess. And so, you know, one of the craziest ones today, Doctor, what the guy who called on the phone here to to say he was going to kill me, he actually gave his name and phone number. Yes. But very easy for the police to contact him and arrest him. You know, I. I told the police officer, I said, don't arrest a guy for threatening to kill me. Arrest him for being stupid. I mean, you, you give your name and your phone number after you make a death threat. Um, but but we, that's how heated yes. they are. They're, they're out of their minds. They're not even rational thinking people. They're just, they're, they're exploding with anger towards conservative, patriotic, religious Americans. I would say they... They're inflamed against righteousness is yes. really what it is. Inflamed um, against righteousness. So, and that's when the righteous stand as a barrier to their sin, sinners, especially crazy sinners, get set on fire by themselves. Mm -hmm. And so, um, well, this, speaking, is, this speaking, is increasing Doc, in these days even more. And so, Speaking of being set on fire, I haven't mentioned this for a, a long time. Uh, final day. I'd encourage you to order this book. This is the second edition of my book, and it is um, it is full of spiritual revelation about what happens on the day Jesus Christ returns. And there's a whole chapter about fire. It's the characteristics, the ten characteristics of the Lord's second coming, and. Um, you know, the first characteristic is it's singular, one time. He doesn't come back twice. There's no secret pre-trib rapture, and then seven years later he comes back again. So his first coming is singular. The second is sudden and unexpected. Third is it's atmospheric. He's going to be in the air. We will, we will see him arrive. The same Jesus shall come back as he left earth over 2,000 years ago. The fourth is visible, every eye shall see him. Fifth, his second coming shall be noisy. Try to bring back the Son of God as the reigning King of heaven and see if there's no noise. His second coming shall be noisy. It shall also be disruptive. That's number six. Number seven, fiery. That's what we're talking about here today. Fire. These these God-haters that are willing to commit violence against people who stand for righteousness, who, who defend innocent, unborn babies. Think about it. You, they hate people who defend unborn babies. His second coming is going to be fiery. Those people, if they do not repent of their sins and be born again and baptized into his church, they are going to be engulfed in a fire that shall have no end. Right. Eternal burning. And they will not burn up. They will burn forever. Continuous burning. Number eight, his second coming shall be glorious. Number nine, his second coming shall be judgmental. Number 10, his second coming shall be final. That's all she wrote. He's coming back, and it's over at that time, and eternity begins. And life as humans have known it on this planet ends forever. There will be a new planet and new Jerusalem, and that is for eternity. Not for a 1,000 years, for eternity. Yes. So I encourage you to get the book. It is 1995 plus shipping. If you would like my personal autograph, we ask for a donation of $100, and we will be glad to send it to you. Um, you can order it. Go to truenews.com. There's a banner there at the top. Click the banner. It'll take you to the page to order the book, and we'll get it out to you right away. So let's go back to Mayor Lightfoot. Um, let's put the tweet up that she has. Uh, there's the uh, daily, we'll go back, there's the daily caller we had um, calling, call to arms against the U.S. Supreme Court. Remember about two years ago, New York Senator Charles Schumer said, if you, talking to the judges, he said, if you dare to touch abortion, we'll hit you so hard. His comments were so inflammatory 
that the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court publicly rebuked Senator Schumer. Right, I remember that. And, but now, uh, a mayor of a major city could come out and actually <laughs> threaten the Supreme Court. This is what this is. When somebody says they're issuing a call to arms against the Supreme Court, that's a, that's a threat. Isn't that insurrection? That is insurrection. Well, Doc, they're already now, the left is now saying the Supreme Court is illegitimate. Right. Yeah, I've heard that one, too. Well, what does that mean? You overthrow it? In their mind, yes. So um, this is an actual tweet that she put out. So this is her speaking, not someone quoting her. This is her saying this, to my friends in the LGBTQ plus community, the Supreme Court is coming for us next. This moment has to be a call to arms. But what do you mean by that, Mayor Lightfoot? Do you mean to take up arms? Because that's what you said. Or are you just, you know, goofing around? Are you just make, you know, just saying something you don't really mean? What you're saying is you're expecting the followers of this leftist agenda inspired by Satan himself to rise up and cause problems. Well, Chicago certainly has arms. Yes. It's the bloodiest city in America. And no one ever talks about that, no. do they? No. She's the mayor. She presides over the carnage in Chicago. Chicago is also the capital of communism in America. Right. It's, it's the seat of American communism. Um, um, she also... Yes. Well, go ahead, Doc. Well, I was uh, just going to say, she also appeared on MSNBC and said no matter what the you know, decision is by the Supreme Court, Chicago, and th these are her words, Chicago will be an oasis for abortion, Rick. Uh, an oasis is a place you know, uh, of safety in the middle of a desert, okay? Uh, and so in her definition, Chicago is going to be a place where you can come and kill babies all you want. So this is her on MSNBC. And if you look around Chicago, we've got a number of states that have the so-called trigger laws that would ban abortion upon the reversal row. So we've seen a substantial increase already, and we're expecting, frankly, um, an explosion of new cases from women in Wisconsin, Missouri, uh, potentially Michigan, Indiana. Um, I think the list is long, and Chicago is going to be an oasis um, in the Midwest, and we've got to be ready um, so this is a start and not an ending, uh, but it is absolutely a time for us to rally together um, and make sure that we reunited and not turning back the clock on women's lives. Well, what about babies' lives? What about them? Uh, their clock has been uh, thrown out the window and busted. And so um, now, so this is a, a, a mayor of a major metropolitan city. I think Chicago is what, three or fourth uh, mm -hmm. in the nation? saying, we're going to just keep killing babies no matter what happens. And you try, just if, if your state uh, outlaws baby killing, you just fly up to Chicago and murder your baby in our city. We'll be glad to have you here. That's what she's saying. That's at the heart of it. How wicked, how wicked is a nation that has elected officials that brag that their cities shall be places of death for babies? Does this grieve anybody? And they're not satisfied. The left isn't satisfied with the death of the unborn. They want the death of anyone that defends the unborn. And if you think I'm kidding, check out this next uh, article. This is from Fox News here. This, there's a reporter for a website called Rewire News that says violence against pro-lifers says they shouldn't have peace or safety until they're dead, Rick. So it's, it's not enough that they want to kill the innocent. They want to kill anyone who defends the innocent as well. So a reporter for Rewire News Group called for more violence against pro-life Americans over the weekend as she appeared to celebrate reports of vandalism against the headquarters of a pro-life group in Wisconsin. More of this. May these people never know a moment of peace or safety until they rot in the ground. Carolyn Riley wrote in a now-deleted tweet Sunday evening responding to a report from the New York Times about the vandalism. Did, did Twitter suspend her account? Was no. she deplatformed? No, she still has an account. She did delete the tweet. But, uh, you know, uh, that lives forever. Don't, don't think just because you delete a tweet that it doesn't exist somewhere. It does. Uh, now, she uh, is a member of a group called Newswire 
uh, excuse me, Rewire News Group. And we actually have a screenshot. Basically, all this news group does is defend abortion. Every story is about defending abortion, every single one. And so this is the bulletin board of death, if you will, Rick, uh, for the left. Uh, if you want to see what Satan's news is, here you go, right here. Here's the headlines on Satan's headlines. Somebody today. has to fund it. Yes. There's so, money behind this. Because there's no ads on it, so somebody's funding these efforts. Um, now, the uh, particular um, uh, attack that has been mentioned here is one in Madison, Wisconsin. And uh, this is from uh, Madison.com. Now, this isn't our headline, so uh, uh, this is theirs. It says, Madison Anti-Abortion Headquarters Hit by Apparent Molotov Cocktail Vandalism and Graffiti. Apparent an apparent. Molotov, an apparent one. It was an apparent fire that burned yeah. the, the office. A fire broke out inside. Th those fires are just breaking out everywhere. Apparently. Right? Apparently. And notice how they word the headline here. They don't say uh, Madison uh, uh, Pro-Life. Pro uh, headquarters. They say Madison Anti-Abortion Headquarters. So you already see where the leaning here. Look what was written on the wall. Uh, if abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. So once again, this is a threat. The left says, we'll kill you. Yes. They tried. They told me today they're going to kill me. Right. I, this is, look, this is for real. You know, this, I, Doc, it's one thing for us to see this stuff in other towns. But it was real for us today. Yes, it's, it's one thing to read it. It's another thing to get a message on the phone saying, I'm, I'm going to kill you. And not only on the phone. They were multi we, had to, we had to give the, we had to talk to the police about multiple death threats. Yeah, from yesterday. Yes. And I don't even know what I said yesterday. It made people want to kill me. You, you were speaking truth. Satan hates truth. Satan's resume, he steals, kills, and destroys. So he has to destroy truth, Rick. And killing is part of his resume. So uh, in this particular article here, it says that vandals set a fire. Vandals, Rick. You know, those hoodlums, oh, you know. Yeah. Vandals set a fire inside the Madison headquarters. How about the pro-death abortionists set a fire? So vandals set a fire inside the Madison headquarters of the anti-abortion group Wisconsin Family Action early Sunday. Police and official with the group said Sunday. Investigators are calling fire at the building on Madison's north side near the Dane County Regional Airport in arson. Jelaine Appling, president of the lobbying and advocacy organization, said she was getting ready for a Mother's Day brunch in Watertown when a building staff member informed her of the break-in. A person on the way to the airport before dawn saw smoke rising from the building and called police. Appling said police said flames were seen coming from the building shortly after 6 a.m. Nobody was hurt. Um, and so um, we have a little bit of the images from the attack here and everything. And so, Doc, if, it, if anybody had been in that office, they possibly would have died. They certainly would have been severely burned. Well, that would be part of their goal. And so they've already said, if abortions aren't safe, then you aren't either. I mean, that's, they're being pretty plain there, Rick. They're not hiding their intentions. To me, that's a, that's a murder threat right there. So now whether the police or ever take this seriously or try to follow up on it, there's but a You're talking about people who gleefully murder babies. Why, why would, would they, they stop at babies? Right. They're, they're already murderers. They would just have a post-birth abortion yes. of somebody. So, well, that's not the only uh, uh, pro-life uh, facility that has been attacked. We've got another one here. Uh, this is uh, uh, one in Texas, in Denton, Texas. In Denton, that's uh, right. north of Dallas-Fort Worth. So uh, abortion activists vandalized another pro-life pregnancy center that helps pregnant women. The Loretta House in Denton, Texas was spray-painted with pro-abortion graffiti, including forced pregnancy is murder and not a clinic. Now, imagine the kind of leap of logic that you have to make to say forced birth is murder. Forced birth is murder. Uh, to the, the, the level of cognitive dissonance that's going on there in the minds of these people is profound. Um, but that's where um, the, the, their minds are. Their minds are so demented by satanic forces, by demonic forces, that they would say giving life is murder.
I mean, it's, it's absolutely crazy. Doctor right? reprobates. So, so, I mean, what else do you call them? They're reprobates. God has turned this country over to a reprobate mind. These people are reprobates. Um, normal people don't think that way. They've been possessed. They've been taken over in their minds by demonic spirits, and they're extremely dangerous people to be around at this time. Uh, they're also going after uh, Supreme Court judges, this time Justice Alito. Right. So uh, crowds were outside Justice Alito's home. Apparently he's been moved from his home here uh, uh, over the, between yesterday and today, Rick, because of the threats and everything. But they were chanting, our bodies, our voice, and Alito is a coward. And so they're showing up at Justice's homes, hoping to intimidate them. And the White House them, is so. encouraging it. Yes. The president's, the president of the United States refuses to denounce it, whereby he encourages it. And, and so the Democratic Party is on the side of threatening Supreme Court judges. But again, they're the party that started the first civil war. Right. And they're trying to start a second civil war. Judge, uh, Doc, the question is, how far will the left go? When this Supreme Court decision is announced, how far will they go? Will they burn the cities? Will they burn churches? Will they firebomb the Supreme Court? I mean, they're already saying the Supreme Court's illegitimate. Yes. So why wouldn't they? Will they, will they kill a justice? I think if they could get to them right now, they would, yes. Absolutely. I believe they would kill judges. But I also think that they will... Uh, murder Christians in churches on Sunday morning. Wow. Now, I, I could believe that would happen. They're right? insane. The left is insane. They're demon-possessed. They're insane. And we're going to see some serious violence coming from the left uh, when the Supreme Court decision is announced, which will probably be in June. Brace for it. They're not, they're not going to take it lightly. Well, Rick, you said earlier this year that 2022 is going to be a year of funerals and death. Mm -hmm. And I know that's not a prophetic statement, but just on your observation of history over the past mm -hmm. few decades and the number of people that you've interviewed, you've seen these cycles, mm -hmm. you've seen the rise and fall. This is a little bit different than yeah. it has been in the past, isn't it? It has. You know, and Doc and I spent two weeks in Jordan. And Nobody tried to kill me. No. The only thing the Muslims did in Jordan was try to feed us. They always wanted me to go to dinner. They were always asking us to go to dinner. Yeah, strangers would strangers. ask Strangers. Everybody was so kind and friendly. Nobody tried to kill me. I felt so relaxed for two weeks, even though our schedule was very <laughs> rigorous. But, but there was no tension. No, I came back to the United States, and I have death threats. Just think about this. I had two right. weeks, two weeks in a foreign country. No one was threatening to kill you. Nobody threatened to kill me. I your, walk, your first day back, really, first full day back. And, and I've got death threats. Hmm. So, wonderful where, where living is, where here, is isn't peace? it? Where yeah. is the peaceful nation? Really so. wonderful living here right now. So. Well, let's talk, we'll switch over to... Uh, America's corruption. And wait till you see this story. Fauci's royalties. In the $350 million royalty payment stream hidden by the National Institute of Health. Now this is from a website called Open the Books and they have truly opened the books up on the National Institutes of Health. So uh, in this particular story, they're focusing on Fauci, Collins, and several others at highest levels of uh, the COVID scam over the past couple of years. And amazingly enough, these gentlemen were receiving royalty payments all through that time. I, I didn't know. Gonna, no, Doc, it goes, back, it goes back a decade. Yes, I, I know, but... They've been sucking money. The pharma, pharmaceutical companies are sending money to these scientists in the government. I, I didn't realize until I read this article today that 
scientists at that level received royalties on things like that. I, I didn't know that. I mean, I understand receiving a royalty on a book, but how do you receive a, a royalty on a medication? I, I, I don't understand that. Well, he, here's the, it's the old thing, uh, problem, reaction, solution. So you create a biological weapon and release it, and then you have a vaccine ready. And you've and got you, somebody you, to pay. And, and you get a royalty. Wow. It works like that, Doc. So, well, last year, the National Institutes of Health, Anthony Fauci's employer, doled out 30 billion, that's billion with a B, in government grants to roughly 56,000 recipients. That largesse of taxpayer money buys a lot of favor and clout within the scientific research and healthcare industries. However, in our breaking investigation, we found hundreds of millions of dollars in payments also flow the other way. And these are royalty payments from third-party payers, all right, like pharmaceutical companies, back to the NIH and individual NIH scientists. And we estimate that between fiscal years 2010 and 2020, more than $350 million in royalties were paid by third parties to the agency and NIH scientists who are credited as co-inventors. Can we just call it kickbacks? <laughs> Because those payments enrich the agency and its scientists, each and every royalty payment could be a potential conflict of interest and needs disclosure. They all go on to say in this article recently, our organization at OpenTheBooks.com forced the NIH to disclose over 22,100 royalty payments totaling nearly $134 million paid to the agency and nearly 1,700 NIH scientists. These payments occurred during the most recent recently available period between September 2009 and September 2014. The production is a result of our federal lawsuit versus the NIH. The agency admits to holding 3,000 pages of line-by-line -line royalties since 2009. And so far, they've only produced 1,200 pages. The next 1,800 pages of production will cover that period from 2015 till today. However, what the NIH has produced today gives us insight into the undisclosed royalty largesse. For example, only 900 scientists were estimated to be receiving royalties, so now we know the universe is much larger. And since the NIH documents are heavily redacted, we can only see how many payments each scientist received and separately the aggregate dollars per NIH agency. So this is a gatekeeping at odds with the spirit and perhaps the letter of open records laws. So they went on to say in this particular article, we found agency leadership and top scientists at NIH receiving royalty payments. Well-known scientists receiving payments during the period included Anthony Fauci, director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases, and the highest paid federal bureaucrat received 23 royalty payments. Now his annual salary, Rick, already, he is the highest paid government employee right now, mm -hmm. $456,000 a year. And he's also receiving royalty payments. Francis Collins. And that, and that royalty included a million dollars from Israel. Well, last, that's a that's, and that's a separate, not a royalty. That's a that was that, just that's a, a prize. That was a prize and an award. Now, the uh, the darling of the evangelical community, Francis Collins, uh, the Christian uh, guy, uh, NIH director from 2009 to 2021, received 14 payments. His annual uh, salary is, was uh, $203,000 a year. And then Clifford Lane, this, the number three here, Fauci's deputy at NIA received eight payments and his annual salary was around $325,000 a year. Now in the above examples, although we know the number of payments to each scientist, we still don't know how much money was paid because the dollar figure was deleted or redacted from the disclosures and it's been a struggle to get any useful information out of the agency on its royalty payments. The NIH is acting like royalty payments are a state secret, and they're not, and they shouldn't be. And so, um, now, keep in mind that we need to consider how the NIH is using taxpayer money to try and keep taxpayers ignorant in the, in the dark. So they're fighting to keep this information from being released. The NIH defied the Federal Freedom of Information Act law and refused to even acknowledge our open rep records request for the royalty payments. We filed our FOIA last September. The NIH used expensive taxpayer-funded litigation to slow walk royalty disclosures, releasing the oldest royalties first. And although the agency admits to holding 3,000 pages, it will take 10 months 
to produce them at 300 pages per month. Now, they have Judicial Watch as the lawyers, and so they sued the NIH in federal court last October. The other problem is the NIH is heavily redacting key information on the royalty payments. For example, the agency has really erased the payment amount and who paid it. This makes the court-mandated production virtually worthless despite our use of the latest forensic auditing tools. We know the number of royalty payments that uh, individual scientists receive, but we don't know the amounts and we don't know who they were. So you have to ask yourself, let's, let's take for instance that uh, uh, Moderna had given money to Anthony Fauci, okay? Wouldn't you want to know that? Would, would that influence his decisions or his approval or his cheerleading for a certain type of vaccine, let's say? Same thing goes with Francis Collins. If he received a payment, let's say, from Pfizer for a certain amount, will that influence his decisions or would that influence his ability uh, or to grant favor to Pfizer that he wouldn't for someone else? And so these are questions that need to be answered. So for the, me, the biggest revelation in all this, Rick, is th these scientists receiving these royalty payments, first of all, never knew it even existed. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I was just shocked at Fauci just having this huge salary, the number, highest mm -hmm. paid government employee. More than his boss. Right. And so, and this has been going on for years. The guy that gave us AIDS is the guy that is the highest paid employee in the federal government right now. Is there no end to the corruption in Washington? Well, what does the Bible say about corruption, Rick? That, you know, that this is something that God, it angers God. It, it upsets God. And God is going to make sure the scales are balanced one day. Mm -hmm. And he's going to hold those that love corruption accountable. Uh, it may not be in this life, but it will certainly be in the next life. There is a medical mafia in America. Yes. And this, this system is extremely corrupt. And this is just evidence. I, I applaud this group, uh, Open the Books, uh, to bring this information out. But it's just another example of the depth of political corruption in America. And the only solution to corruption is righteousness. Yes. That's it. And the only source of righteousness is Jesus Christ. So at some point, if the American people want to change their ways, clean up this mess, they have to turn to Jesus. If they're unwilling to turn to Jesus and submit to him, then just be quiet and stop griping about the corruption. Right. Just, just live with it. Just go along with it. All right? Because it is the lack of Christ in the country that yes. produces the corruption. That's it. And for people to claim that we're a righteous nation, but then to ignore the corruption at the highest levels of government, when you're fully aware of it, you, you, you just accept it. Yeah, we're a corrupt nation, but we're still a righteous nation. The, the two aren't compatible. The two cannot exist. So therefore, we are not a righteous nation. We are not favored by God. How would God, how does God favor a nation that embraces the killing of the innocent? How does God favor a nation that allows corruption to go on? And the church is silent. Mm -hmm. The church is silent on it. They're even kind of silent on abortion. That they, they're afraid to preach sermons on life yes. because we certainly don't want to have our services disrupted, do right. we? But that's the nature of those. That even those that uh, should be speaking out aren't doing it. God's going to hold them accountable, I, too. I also think, Doc, that the, the, the level of wickedness in the country is so overwhelming that a lot of pastors are intimidated by it and they just are quiet because they feel like it's too big. It's too overwhelming. They look at people like us. Right? You have a pastor of a small church in a, in a small town. He's watching True News. He goes, Rick's dealing with death threats today. Somebody's trying to kill him. And that pastor's thinking, do I want this in my life? Do, do I want death threats here at my church? Do, do I want to put my family in this situation? And I, I understand it, why many pastors are subconsciously quiet they don't even realize how they are self-censoring their sermons. They are. 
because they don't want the trouble. And the trouble comes when you take a stand for righteousness. When really all they're doing is delaying the trouble. They're just and it's they're, still coming. Yes. Even if you're silent on this, even if you're silent and still believe the same way that we do, if, even if you're silent, they're still coming for you. You got it. Well, let's take a look. We got some more corruption to show you. This is Washington Examiner. Um, and so the, we're going back to the, uh, the fake uh, Trump was a stooge of the Russians and the Russians got him elected in 2016. Uh, the truth is still coming out. Uh, we knew throughout that entire time, 2016 to 2020, that the news media and the deep state of this country uh, fabricated a hoax, a story, a fake narrative against President Trump. Right. And it's still being, uh, it's still being revealed. I mean, the whole thing has been debunked. Any, anybody with a brain knows that these, these guys, like this, uh, like Strzok, they, Strzok, they lied yeah. every step of the way. Um, but there are, there are criminal investigations underway. And even in this particular article, Rick, they, they are, and I, I have respect for Washington Examiner, uh, but even they are unable to say he lied. Yeah. They'll say something like uh, a falsehood. He or pushed in, a falsehood. Or, or he incorrectly stated or yeah. something like that. But so, he lied. Yes, he, he lied. And what's the place for liars, Rick? It's hell. It's yeah. the lake of fire. The lake of fire. He had a senior FBI agent who deliberately lied against the sitting president of the United States and gave false witness against the president for the sake of destroying his presidency. Now, why isn't this man behind bars? Why isn't he serving a 40-year uh, prison sentence? Well, when for when the, the Bidenistas came into the White House, they restored his, uh, his pension. Yes. So in this particular article from the Examiner, it says, notes in an FBI briefing in 2017, March 2017, indicate since fired bureau agent Peter Strzok spread incorrect details, Rick, about the origins of the Trump-Russia investigation. Stroke incorrectly claimed in his 2020 book, Compromise, that Australian diplomat Alexander Downer was spurred to inform the U.S. government about a May 2016 conversation he had in London with George Papadopoulos in which the Trump campaign associate allegedly mentioned Russia might have dirt on Hillary Clinton. Only after hearing then-candidate Donald Trump say in July 2016, Russia, if you're listening, I hope you're able to find those 30,000 e emails. It now also uh, appears he made that false claim, not a lie, false claim, Rick, in March 2017 when briefing just the Justice Department and FBI officials about the Trump-Russia investigation. So he lied to DOJ and FBI officials. Right. He lied. And so Strzok admitted in tw uh, September 2020 he had gotten that detail wrong. He lied. Case, although he downplayed it. The, mis the mistake. He covered it up. The mistake. The lie. The lie now seems like a pattern. Really? Yes, yes he's a liar. <laughs> it's a pattern of lies. I need to rewrite that story. And that's from a conservative publication, The Examiner. They right. can't even say it. He's a liar. We said it. <laughs> I mean, just call it what it is. They're just liars. And they, they did it deliberately. They, they, they went about creating a fake story to entrap the President of the United States and bring him down with fake accusations. And uh, here they are. They're still walking around free. Yes. Not one of them has been Not arrested one. and put in prison for the crimes that they committed. Well, Rick, here recently we've, uh, uh, the Biden administration has installed a new uh, ministry of truth, if you will. Yeah. Uh, a disinformation czar by the name of Nina Jankowitz. That's her on a good day, by the way. Uh, DHS disinformation czar Jankowitz pushed talk about all this story with the uh, Trump-Russia claims uh, at the center of Durham case. And so, yeah, no, so, so let me get this right. She's in charge of the Ministry of Truth in the Biden White House. Right. 
But she Pushed was that same a minister lie. of lying, right? Yes. Well, she's a disinformation expert, Doc. Yes. And, oh, I, I agree with that statement. She definitely is an expert in disinformation. She's a liar. And she knows how to peddle lies. Now, we saw this story break uh, last week when we were in Jordan. Uh, I tried not to pay attention to too much of the craziness coming out of America. I was just enjoying the time looking at biblical sites. But I did see this story and thinking, oh, dear Lord, what is going on back there in the USA? We now have a disinformation czar at the White House who's going to go after people who spread disinformation. Now, you, you may have seen her video, maybe you haven't, but you need to see it because now th I want you to watch this video that she produced. About a year, uh, last year. So. And published on her social media account. And this is the woman Biden has put in charge of disinformation. Let's watch it. It's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious By saying them in Congress or a mainstream outlet So disinformation's origins are slightly less atrocious It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie It's how you hide a little, hide a little lie When Rudy Giuliani shared bad intel from Ukraine Or when TikTok influencers say COVID can cause pain They're laundering disinfo when we really should take note And not support their lies with our wallet, voice or vote Information laundering is really quite ferocious. It's when a huckster takes some lies and makes them sound precocious by saying them in Congress or a mainstream outlet. So, yes, information's origin seems likely less atrocious. Who? <laughs> hey, all right. Yes. America's political leftists are mentally unstable. Doc, they're crazy. That's craziness. I mean, seriously, she's in the government. She's in the White House. She's, she's the head of disinformation. <laughs> this is this is so bizarre and scary because we have insane people in government offices, mentally unstable, wacky, crazy type of people. And she was pushing pushing the Trump Russia uh, collusion lie along with everyone else. So yeah, she's an expert on disinformation. Uh, the uh, article that we mentioned earlier uh, has had this to say, if the Biden administration is so concerned about disinformation, may want to take a look at its own czar, Nina Jankowitz, who was recently tapped to head the Department of Homeland Security's Disinformation Governance Board, had no qualms about pushing the since-debunked claim in 2016 that then-presidential candidate Donald Trump had a tie to a Kremlin-linked Alpha Bank, allegations that were raised by Hillary Clinton's campaign and are now a focus of special counsel John Durham's investigation. Now, Jankowitz herself tweeted about the purported link on November 1st, 2016, one day after the connection was explored in a piece on the left-wing website Slate. Now, her post was initially uncovered by the Washington Examiner. Husband texted me, you have news to wake up to. Never thought it would be this, she tweeted at the time. Confirms our worst fears about Trump. I'm horrified. Now, what Jankowitz had done is he had shared a tweet from Hillary Clinton, the uh, Democrat nominee who had posted it one day earlier on Halloween. It's time for Trump to answer serious questions about his ties to Russia, Clinton said in the post, which linked to a photo with the caption, Donald Trump has a secret server. Yes, Donald Trump. It was set up to communicate privately with a Putin-tied Russian bank called Alpha Bank. Jankowitz later tweeted that Trump had not one, but two secret email servers to communicate with the influential, influential Russian bank. Unbelievable. Yes, unbelievable, because none of it was true, Rick. And she That's knew why it, it was unbelievable. And she knew it wasn't true. So uh, uh, Mr. Durham is now in the process of investigating all these uh, different things were got re related to these accusations. But Doc, Biden has put her in a position, this, this crazy, what is it, disinformation governance board? Yeah, the Ministry of Truth. <laughs> and she's going to have government power to go after people that she says 
are spreading misinformation, and she is a chief liar herself. Right. Now, uh, the uh, origins of the Alpha Bank allegations are part of uh, Mr. Durham's investigation. Currently, Michael Sussman, a lawyer connected to the Clinton campaign, has been charged with lying to the FBI, at least they said lie, after he handed over information to then-FBI General Counsel James Baker in September 2016 that claimed to show communications between the Trump campaign and Alpha Bank. Sussman, at the time, did not divulge to Baker that he was working for the Clinton campaign. Now, these allegations about Mr. Trump and Alpha Bank are among numerous false claims spread in recent years by Jankowitz, a purported disinformation expert, including doubt about the veracity of information contained on Hunter Biden's laptop. Now, the laptop became the basis for a series of exposés that the Post wrote about the First Son's overseas business interests in October 2020. Back on the laptop from hell, apparently, Biden notes 50 former NATSEC officials and five former CIA heads that believe the laptop is a Russian influence op. This is what Jankowitz tweeted during a debate between Mr. Trump and Mr. Biden in that particular month. Trump says, Russia, 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 she added. Meanwhile, they all knew that this was fake information. They knew the laptop really belonged to Hunter, to Biden. Hunter Biden. And it wasn't Russian disinformation. So she intended. They were pushing disinformation. Yes. But now she's in charge of a government board to go after people who she claims is spreading disinformation, yes. which would mean people who are telling the truth will be persecuted by her. Think of the insanity of this, Doc. It really is insane. It's like... Where liars get to determine what truth is. Yes. Yes, that's how crazy this is. And Rick, who's the father of lies? It's Satan. Old Slewfoot himself. It is Satan. Well, let's just take another stroll in the land of insanity and let's see what Senator Lindsey Graham is saying about having a war with Russia, because that's crazy, too. Mr. Graham appeared on uh, Fox News. Here's his comments. Senator, we'll get to the Supreme Court in just a moment, but first I want to talk about Ukraine. You, know, you have these intelligence leaks about targeting Russian generals, sinking a Russian warship. Right. Uh, does that make right. war likely between the U.S. and Russia? In other words, does that leak and, and the intelligence targeting equal heavy weapons, planes in the eyes of Putin? How do you see it? Well, no, it, you know, uh, Putin winning is a disaster for the United States. That means he's going to move forward further in Europe. He's trying to rewrite the map of Europe. If Putin wins, then Taiwan is probably going to be invaded by China. But if Putin loses, then I think that's a great day for Europe, a great day for the United States. We need to triple down on our uh, willingness to help the Ukraine. We need to pass a $33 billion supplemental package, $20 billion for weapons. We need to work with the International Criminal Court to gather evidence to prosecute Putin personally. We need a, a resolution that I have with Senator Blumenthal, a Democrat, to designate uh, Russia as a state sponsor of terrorism. Uh, we need to pour on, uh, put more weapons in theater that can uh, strike the Russian military offensively. So I want to triple down on beating Putin. Burns said today, the CIA director, that Putin would double down uh, because he can't lose in Ukraine. Well, I want to triple down because we can't let him win in Ukraine. Lindsey Graham's going to get us all blown up. Do you think he goes to a little closet in his house and opens it up and there's a big portrait of John McCain sitting in there and lights candles and everything because it's, I mean, there's nothing that Lindsey Graham won't do to get us further into war. No, I think he goes into that closet and there's his little talking points, his speech <laughs> that somebody wrote for him. And then he marches out in front of the Fox News cameras and delivers his war speech. People like Lindsey Graham are going to get us all blown up. You're going to triple down, huh? triple down on this attack. You, you're going to... $33 billion aid package. Where did that money come from, Lindsay? Okay. Where does it come from? Us, the American but people. But we don't have it. Right. So we're borrowing against our great-grandchildren mm -hmm. now. That's what we're right. doing. The Russians have clearly told us repeatedly they are prepared to strike us 
And Lindsey Graham says, let's triple down. What, do we, what is the fight about yes. in Ukraine? Tell me what is the fight about in Ukraine? You, you, nobody can define that, can they? No. they? They'll say freedom and democracy. But what are we getting out of it? What are the American people getting out of it? Nothing. We're going to get nukes in our backyard. That's right. what we're going to get. All right. For what? For a corrupt country, Ukraine? It's corrupt. Yes. And NATO... It's, it's a clearinghouse for corruption. Yes. And NATO deliberately provoked the Russians to attack. It wasn't overnight. It was over two decades. Yes. But they want this war because they want a... They want the act, what they're after is the aftermath of war. These people, we've been talking about corruption and insanity through this whole program. The rulers of the, of the West are so insane, they think that they could win a nuclear war. Yes. Doc, they think they're going to they're, win. They're crazy and live to and survive. <laughs> and it's going to be global devastation if these madmen are allowed to get away with this stuff. And we're right on the edge of it. Um, okay, so, you know, in the last, I guess in the last month we've been talking about uh, mysterious uh, fires at food processing plants. And of course the news media, they have mocked any of these stories uh, saying, uh, you know, Right-wingers are spreading conspiracy theories about fires at, at food processing plants to create a food shortage. Well, I've never said who did it. I've never, I've just said it is suspicious. It's, right? it's strange. It is strange. And I don't know who's doing it, but this is what I do know. We are in a state of war with Russia. Whether you want to admit it or not, America's at war with Russia. World War III has already started. This is, we're in it right now. I have to consider the possibility that Russian Special Forces commandos are setting the fires in American food plants. You have to consider that possibility. And that the U.S. government knows this, and that's yes. why they're saying, you know, they're forecasting supply chain issues as we go yes. into the summer and the fall. That's right. And that's why the news media is putting out the, 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 the pieces that say, don't believe these people who say that there's a, there's a conspiracy to uh, burn down uh, food, processing, food processing plants. Listen, in a war, that's exactly what happens. Okay? We're in a war. And you have to consider the possibility that Russian special forces, Spesnaz, are setting fire to food processing plants in America to create havoc in our society. Now, let's go to Russia and see, is Mr. Putin dealing with anything unusual? Yes, he is. Yes. So there's been a lot of fires in Russia over the past uh, few weeks. And so uh, President Putin is uh, holding an emergency meeting on suspicious fires across Russia. Now, Russian President Vladimir Putin is uh, holding a meeting regarding dozens of destructive fires in a number of regions all across Russia. And uh, the Kremlin press service reported, a state of emergency was announced in 77 areas of the Russian Federation throughout the Kurgan region and in one municipality in Caucasia. A special fire emergency was declared in 49 regions of the country, according to the Kremlin press service. Mr. Putin will receive reports from several government sources, including the acting head of the Ministry of Emergency Situations, Alexander Chuprian, and the head of the Ministry of Natural Resources, Alexander Kozlov, and about a dozen governors and, and heads of regions as well. And so they now, Rick, are being distracted by internal disruptions, if you will, fires all across their nation. Mostly, mostly they're wildfires, they're forest right. fires, and so, but there are buildings, there are large buildings, that's all printing plant that, that burned down. Um, but it's big enough that it's in the news headlines of Russian newspapers. Right. And they are saying suspicious fires, mysterious fires. The president of Russia is holding special meetings with government officials to figure out why are there so many fires in Russia right now. Well, is there a conspiracy theory in Russia? Or are American special forces setting fires in Russia? 
I say they are. And I think Russian special forces are setting fires in America. It's called world war. Yes, and that's what we're in right now. Well, it may not be official. It may not, there might be a, not be a banner yet. There might not be an entry on Wikipedia for it yet. But we're in the war. We're in the world war. And after our conversation with uh, Dr. Uh, Abu uh, Ghazala last week, they're urging the war. They're yes. saying, let's get the war on. Let's get it on right now because we've got our plans for the new world order yes. coming. So, uh, so we're in it, folks. Pay attention to unusual things happening. And we may see an increase in, in fires in this country. Uh, there may be that retaliation from the Russians that they step up the attacks inside the USA. Uh, we have a story f uh, from uh, Finland. Uh, this is France 24, decisive week for Finland and Sweden as NATO decisions loom. Right, so Finland and Sweden are expected to announce this week whether to apply to join NATO following Russia's Ukraine invasion, what would be a stunning reversal of decades-long non-alignment policies. It's 100% certain that Finland will apply and quite likely that it will be a member by the end of the year. Uh, researcher Charlie Salonius Pasternak of the Finnish Institute of International Affairs told AFP with a majority in parliament backing membership. And then we have this from the Helsinki Times, uh, Finnish-Swedish NATO membership to turn region into theater of war. And that's the statement by a Russian envoy about the situation. So the Russians are watching this carefully. Finland and Sweden's possible accession into NATO would be detrimental to their security and that of Europe, Russian ambassador to Canada Oleg Stepanov told Sputnik. Finland and Sweden will be put in a position where they are forced to treat Russia as an adversary. And that's not the case right now. But once they join NATO, uh, once they become part of NATO, basically as it stands now, they become an enemy of Russia. And so the, uh, the lines of alignment are changing, aren't they, Rick? They sure are. Uh, Finland and Sweden suddenly become targets and by they, their own choice. They, they weren't targets before. They will become targets. Right. Now, the ambassador warned that NATO expansion, particularly the potential accession of Finland and Sweden, will only worsen tensions. So whatever NATO claims it to be, it is a nuclear military machine that came to our doors, Stepanov said, adding that accepting Helsinki and Stockholm in the NATO's fold also extends its contact line with Russia more than 800 miles. And our good neighbors will suddenly realize that our region, until now politically and militarily calm, is abruptly included in the arc of NATO-Russia tension. Mr. Stepanov also emphasized that Russians have always respected the tradition of Swedish democracy and military non-alignment, and both Sweden and Finland have had rather st a stable model of coexistence with Russia. He goes on to say, the U.S. and NATO bureaucracy are using various tactics to stimulate certain political camps in Finland and Sweden to convince these two nations to forfeit peaceful way of life and turn Northern Europe from the area of military non-alignment, stability and prosperity into yet another potential theater of war. Once sovereign and well-respected for unique independent standing, they are to lose that aura and be forced to obey the collective NATO discipline governed by the U.S. often contrary to their security interests, the Russian ambassador said. The Russians have made it very obvious what's going to happen to Sweden and Finland. They've chosen to align themselves with NATO, therefore they become targets for Russian nuclear weapons. It's just that simple, and the war machine continues to destabilize the European continent. Hey, I'm going to, uh, for sake of time, I'm going to skip down uh, in our list here. Um, Great Britain's uh, Prince William uh, made a video in which he congratulated the writers of television shows for inserting climate change propaganda into the scripts of the TV shows. And I want you to listen to what he says. He talks about emotive um, content, you know, appealing to the emotions of people to promote climate change propaganda. Listen for yourself. Now more than ever, program makers have a unique opportunity to ensure climate change and sustainability 
remain at the forefront of our collective consciousness. By creating innovative, educational and emotive content for television, writers and producers are playing a unique role in ensuring the future of our planet is something that we all want to talk about. Over the past year, we've seen some fantastic examples of this across a wide variety of programmes and genres. I hope you'll all continue to carry on your invaluable work, keeping environmental issues high up on the agenda of programming in these years ahead. Thank you. He made that statement the, uh, the equivalent of the British Emmy Awards. Uh, mm -hmm. So it was the awards uh, event that they give out, you know, where mm -hmm. they self-congratulate one another for a great job they do uh, for British television. Mm -hmm. And so basically what he's saying is, yes, uh, you're doing a great job at propaganda, all so, of you. So, Doc, what's our issue here in Florida? Uh, the governor of Florida, Ron DeSantis, is at uh, war with the Disney Corporation because Disney has been on the offensive against Governor DeSantis for his efforts to protect innocent children yes. from homosexual propaganda. And the Disney Corporation just came out and said, we're going to... We're going to double down on the amount of homosexual propaganda we put in our children's content. Yes. So it's not only climate change, it's the, the, the television shows, the movies, they have been indoctrinating families and children with sexual perversion, with political leftist, socialist ideas. Your, your mind is under attack through the media that you're watching. So you have to make the decision to close your eyes to their media. Simply stop watching it. Yes. Stop listening to it. Don't give it access and don't allow your children to have access to that kind of content because they're openly telling you now. You know, think about Disney. It hasn't been that too many years ago, Doc, that conservative evangelical preachers were denounced for saying that Disney had hidden secret images. hidden images in their animation cartoons. Or in their promotional content. It's not hidden anymore. No. Disney is telling you, we're putting it there. Yes. We want you to see it. Right but, out. They don't have to hide it. Here's the crazy thing now. Preachers are still denounced if they say, look, they're telling you. You're still denounced. You're still opposed. That's how far we've moved into immorality. Yes. That the immoral people can openly boast of their immorality and you're still criticized. They'll lay out their game plan yes. in front of you. Yes. Disney execs have done exactly that. They said, we are going to have this percentage of LGBT content produced in the coming year. Yeah. They'll give you this, the percentage. It doesn't matter about money to them. It, it's, not, it's not about money. It's about an agenda. That's right. Hey, I'm going to close with an interesting uh, finding in the ocean, in the Pacific Ocean. Uh, look at this. Scientists find strange yellow brick road on the bottom of the Pacific Ocean. Uh, we got a, just a small video clip of what the scientists saw. Uh, as they were examining a section of the ocean floor near Hawaii. Let's watch it. There's a good way that way. And it looks a little left. It's like a dried lake bed. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, maybe let's go to the right just a little bit. It looked like it might have a chance Roger. of being a little thicker. To the right. It's like you could just see tire tracks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's crazy how dry it looks and it's at the bottom of the ocean. Right? Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So this way? Oh, wow. Yeah, that's not sediment. That's like baked yeah, crust. Mm -hmm. Like you could peel it off. Oh, look up to the left there. It's like bricks. The way. Yeah. Oh, weird. Yeah. Okay. My Almost answer. done. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Let's get us. Let's go up and look at that. Uh, that yeah, is Roger. a really uh, unique structure. And are these a bunch of crinoids on the floor? Of a... Yes. Interesting. Um, I don't think a fish floor is going to be successful, but Whoa. I am interested wow, in this. Look at that. What is I that? I feel like I'm looking at like yeah, it's uh, a road to Atlantis. Yeah. The yellow brick road? This is the yellow brick road. Wow. Yeah, can we get some still cam shots of this, please? Yeah, what get lots happening? of them. I feel like we're like out Mount Vesuvius, like excavating. <laughs> right. Yeah. This is bizarre. Yeah. So cool. Are you kidding? This is crazy. 
It's like brick. This is weird. That was off the uh, coast of Hawaii, yeah. uh, a couple a couple thousand feet down uh, the Pacific Ocean. Uh, folks, there's a lot of things we don't know. There's a lot of history that's been lost. The world has been shaped and reshaped over the millennia. So, Doc, the scientists were, you know, they quoted in this news article, they tried to pass it off as this natural geological formation. It's, that's not a road. That's not pavement. It looks like bricks. Mm -hmm. It looks like a yellow road, but it's not a road. It's natural geological formation. How about this? How about it's the remains of a city that was covered up by Noah's flood? Right. How about that as a possibility? And there are numerous places around the world underwater uh, where you can go just, well, just off the coast here of Florida, uh, down near the Bahamas. You can go out. You can take not that deep either, about 40, 50 feet deep. You can see roads. Mm -hmm. There are roads underwater in the ocean, in the Atlantic mm -hmm. Ocean, down by the Bahamas. It's I've seen them. It's because the world was flooded with a great deluge rain that fell from the heavens and water that erupted from under the ground, all right? The fountains of the deep broke open and there was a flood and it covered the entire earth. God said he would never do it again with water, but the next flood that's coming is with fire. There is a global fire coming. Jesus said his second coming would be as the days of Noah he said people will be eating and drinking and marrying and just living life as like there's no tomorrow and suddenly Christ will appear and it will not be a flood of water. It will be a flood of fire. That's what's coming. Read about it in this book. I have a whole section about his second coming shall be fiery. Get this book, Final Day, the 10 Characteristics of the Lord's Second Coming and uh, you will have a total new understanding of the second coming. I've said it many times, this is not a book about the last days. It's a book about the last day. What goes down on the day Jesus comes down. That's what this book is about. And I encourage you to read it. It will change the way you think about the second coming. That's it for today. Thank you for watching True News today. Pray for us. We need your prayers for safety and protection here. There are enemies all around us seeking to harm us, but we trust in the Lord and we pray for you. We ask for your prayers for us. God bless. We'll see you tomorrow. God bless you.